1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we'll be looking at spiritualism from an insider's point of view. My guest is Daryl Robert Schoon, who is a minister of the Church of Universality in Tucson, Arizona. He is also a financial analyst. His website is drshoon.com He achieved quite a bit of fame for his forecast of the crash, the economic crash of 2008. He is author of Light in a Dark Place, The Prison Years. He is also author of a novel called You Can't Always Get What You Want. This is our second interview, and because the first interview with Daryl was so powerful. I would encourage viewers who haven't viewed it to view it first before this one You'll get much more out of this one. I suspect Welcome Daryl. You are now a minister. I'm a minister in a spiritualist church. Yes, and something happened to you when you got
0: to Tucson (laughs) That got us into this. Yeah Um, We're in Tucson This lady tells us about a psychic that she knows, and she's known him for a long time, and a dear friend of hers that she wanted us to meet. And I just sort of blew this off because I'm really sort of, how would I describe my path? The only thing that concerns me is what apparently concerns me. And I thought that was natural. But a lot concerns me. And that path has gotten very big. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff that I thought was irrelevant became very relevant. Like psychic phenomena. Mm-hmm. So we go to Tucson. She tells us about this friend, about who, hers, who's a psychic. Now, the reason how Marshall, Martha got really fascinated was these things called spirit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Gallinette told Martha that her friend, the psychic, would have these seances or these circles where blank cards were put into a, in an air, airtight, air, light type box. And a half hour later, they'd open up the box and these spirit cards would come out and some would have uh, pictures on him mm-hmm. and on the other side would be names mm-hmm. well she showed me these to Martha I didn't even know about him, yeah. but Martha became fascinated and she wanted to know mm-hmm. so we Martha finds him yeah. she's fascinated with him he's now come to Tucson for the first time we find out alright through this church that we were about to go to and I had no predilection to going to church again to me it was like you know I have very little patience so we go and to see this psychic, all right? We know nothing about it. And you use the word billet because in spiritualism, it's a concept where you to to go to a psychic phenomena or a seance. You're given a piece of paper that you that the spiritualists call billets, all right? And you write down on the billet with Hoyt. You wrote down the names of people who were quote in spirit. Hoyt is the name of the psychic. psychic yes. Yeah. So we're gonna go see Hoyt, who we have no idea of, in 2005 or f- five, and we go see him, and we don't know him at all, and Martha goes to see Hoyt first, okay? So she writes down on her card, as my as the, the people told us the instructions, write down to the names of people that you wish to talk to, that you wish to get advice from, like your parents, if they're dead. And I said, I never asked advice from my parents I, when they are living. Why should I ask their advice when they're dead? Huh. Now the lady, I know she took...
1: An attitude about
0: my attitude. But yeah. it was what I told her. Mm-hmm. So Martha goes in first. She writes down. So it's ad- a one-on-one session. Yes, but this, you can do it in public. Mm-hmm. But this is one-on-one. Yeah. So Martha writes down her, her names of people who are in spirit. In fact, she wrote down the name of our cat. Bruno. Bruno. Because yeah. she was told you could write down the names of people in spirit, human or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And our main Coon had just died. He was 25 pounds. We loved him. We love Bruno. All right, another story about that. But anyway, Martha writes down these names, and she goes this and 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 she questions. She numbered the questions, and then you sign your name on the bottom of the bill, and you fold it up. Mm-hmm. Well, Martha said in her nervousness, she folded it up the piece of paper, so it was like a crumpled piece of paper. And then, she's still hanging on. To she's it. Saying, yeah. And then, but she hangs. She gives it to Hoyt mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. because he, so Hoyt doesn't. Read it. He hangs onto it. She puts it in his hand. Well, this is what Martha said happened. Hoyt's holding onto this piece of paper, and he goes, "Um, there's a uh, uh, a Bruno here, a dog." And Martha goes, "No, that's not a dog. It's a cat. He was our cat, but he was big." And Hoyt goes, "You're right. He is big. I, that's why I thought he was a dog." But you're right, he was a cat. And then he says, there's a cosette here. Martha's mother's name. Which is an uncommon name. But then Martha said, there's a Jim here. And you wrote down James. And he wants to know why. You called him Dad. And he wanted you to call him Daddy. Which was Deadeye. Deadeye describing Martha's relationship with her father. And then Martha said her father took over Hoyt's body and had a conversation with her for the next half hour. Her father's a military guy, all right? And Hoyt sat up in the chair more stiffly and spoke using her father's vocabulary and personality to direct, to talk to her for the next half hour. And he answered Martha's five questions by the number. The answer to question number one is, the and that's why when Martha was walking down the hallway a half hour later, she had that look on her face. Stunned. That's when you saw her. Yeah, Mm because it was my turn to walk in the room. I had no idea what she went through. So I walk in this room. We're in a townhouse in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's a chair, and there's this man sitting in the chair, and I hand him my piece of paper. I assumed that was Hoyt, the psychic. Okay? I handed my piece of paper. And Hoyt holds on the piece of paper and he goes... Um, now, you're
1: watching him the whole time. Yes. So, it's not as if you observed him gl-
0: reading your oh, paper. Oh, I would have. If he had got taken my piece of paper, read it carefully, read it again, and looked up from the piece of paper and started talking to me, it would have been imprinted on my memory. Mm. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. He holds his piece of paper just holding it and he says you're a teacher and I said no the next thing he says you teach and I said no so I assume he's hearing I don't know what he's going on with him but all he's doing is saying these things so he pauses and he said you know things that other people don't know and I said Everybody thinks that. I have no voice. I have no audience. I have no agreement. All right? Hoyt says, this will soon change. People will begin seeking you out. I don't know. I don't much care. It's my attitude. Mm-hmm. I got an attitude about the world. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, he says, okay, people will begin seeking you out. So I asked him a series of questions, my five questions, which he answered. Earth changes being one of them. All right? And then we get the end of the deal. And then that event, we did a card circle where just as our friend told us, you sit in a room with 12 people, strangers. Hoyt is there. He blindfolds himself capes his eyes shut, and we all have these little billets that we handed him, with one question on. Hoyt sits there, there's 12 of us, and he's holding the piece of the paper, and he organizes them. Now he's blindfolded, but he starts putting them in order. Like this. Okay? And then he starts calling out names. Alright? Now, if you, he calls out names, and if you don't know them, you say nothing. But he calls out names and he calls out your father's mm. name. Oh, that's my, my, that's my father's name. he starts talking, to you. oh yes, he said, that. they're here for you. And he starts calling out all the names of the people who are the spirits who are here for you. And there's a ton of them, Jeffrey. Mm. I will tell you, there's a ton of them that come out. Mm. People you have written down and not written down. And there's a dozen people. In that room. And they've each written down five, five or many, six names. names. Yeah. And he does the same with all of them. Mm-hmm. Same with all of them. Okay. All right. And then he answers the question that you have. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to the next one, starts calling out other names. Mm -hmm. All right. How does he do it? We don't know. Okay. I guess he's a psychic as he says he is or a medium. Maybe there's some truth to this. And then at the end of this, he takes his blindfold off and he, Pulls the, the tape off his eyes. I watched him do it innumerable times. Mm-hmm. We've become quite close with Hoyt. Be- because as a result of your first encounter, you became close friends. Oh, stunned. Well, he's so booked up in Tucson that next year we couldn't see him. So we had to go to Phoenix again with Pat Gallinette, who's his old buddy, to see Hoyt. Mm-hmm. So he knew her for, for 15 years. Yeah. So we take him out to dinner and we got to know him. I asked him, how did this happen to you? So I got to we got to know Hoyt from a different angle. Mm-hmm. The third year, Hoyt wrote the Temple of Universality, which was sponsored him in Tucson, and told them that he wanted to make sure we got private sessions with him in Tucson. I see. Now, did we skip over
1: the uh, when you gave him the billet? Okay, so I give him the billet,
0: and he starts um, with me. He tells me. Um, There's a May here. It's my mother. Then he says, there's a Hamilton. It's my father. And then he says, um, there's Georgia, who is a dear friend of mine who had passed away. All right. The sweetest soul on the planet. These are all the names you had already written written down. down, And then later on, there were other names that Mm -hmm. he called that I had written down. Okay. Later on, for example, not this time, he goes to Martha. And he says, there's three flowers. And Martha goes, three flowers? She says, yes, there's three flowers here. Tulip, uh, violet, and myrtle. And she goes, those are Daryl's ants. So they came in to Martha. Mm -hmm. Not to me. Mm -hmm. All right, And that happened to us again. Years later, we, we were in New Zealand. Okay. And friends of ours that we had met in Malaysia were having their 50th wedding anniversary. And for some reason, we loved going to New Zealand. That's obvious. But for some reason, I said, we have to go again. Okay? So we went there. We go to this wedding, this 50th wedding anniversary they have at a yacht club in Auckland. And we don't know anybody there except for the family. Mm-hmm. And people come up to us and go, oh, how kind that you are to come all this way for their wedding anniversary. And it was, I guess, kind. And I had no way, but we knew we had to be there. And we were. Well, this is why I think we were there. At the end of the party, we got called a cab to pick us up. And and Martha is going to get me. And on the way to get me, at the end of this party, the wedding anniversary, Sylvie's sister who is at the wedding anniversary who Martha does not know comes over and grabs Martha as she's come to get me and Sylvie tells Martha they're all here in public and they never come out in public but they're here and they want me to give a message to you and Daryl later Martha called up Sylvie and our friend and said Her sister had done this, and she said, yes, Vanessa, her sister, is psychic. She had tried to commit suicide years before, and they sent her back, and they said, you are to give messages, not to charge, but to give messages to people we want you to give messages to. So Sylvie grabs Martha on her way to tell me and says, they're all here in public, Daryl's Female ancestors. Like I said, this is why it reminded me of it. The three flowers. Mm -hmm. Want me to tell you, they're very happy with you. They're glad that Daryl is with you. Alright? Daryl is on the verge of success. Great success. But first, he must ask for help. If he wants our help. Okay? From an Indian guide. He must ask for hell. And she told Martha a number of other things. Mm-hmm. So here I'm leaving this party, having I mean, had my little nibbles and my glass of wine, and you know, and we're going upstairs to the car. And Martha's saying, Daryl, I just talked to Vanessa, and she told I'm listening to this. And because of our experience with Hoy, I didn't go, oh, bullshit. I go, wow, she told you this? Mm -hmm. so on the way home she's telling me the rest of what Vanessa told her so now I go well if they want to help me why don't they just help me that's how little I knew about spirituality at the time I have since found out that because we have free will they watch us but do not interject in our lives they may see us about to go off a cliff they don't do anything Mm -hmm. This this is what we learned in the school of free will And what I've learned about free will, Jeffrey, is this. Free will is a two-edged sword. And you hold on that sword, it'll cut you. And it will until you learn how to hold the sword properly. And when you learn to hold the sword of free will, it becomes a magnificent vista. Mm. It becomes a gift that never stops giving. It becomes your entryway into the portal of portals. But until then, you're going to bleed and bleed and bleed again until you learn how to handle free will properly. I sit on the edge of the bed in Auckland in around 2009 and I'm, I'm told that I asked to ask for help. And my attitude was, well, why didn't I help me anyway? But I don't know. Two, this is 2009. 2009. Okay. I've just sort of turned on to this stuff, all right? And so I, well, But
1: at this point, if I understand correctly, you're already rather famous as a financial
0: analyst. Oh, yes. Well, you found me in 2008. Yeah. You emailed me mm-hmm. and said, Daryl, I've been subscribing to Richard Russell's Dow Theory Letter for years. And he has just quoted somebody named Daryl Shu on money. Is this you? Because it was so. you spelled my name correctly, but it was so improbable that the Daryl Shun you knew would be quoted by Richard Russell in his Dow Theory letter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at that point in in time, uh, you the last time I seen you, you had just gotten out of prison. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to get you to hustle my book. <laughs> Your novel. My novel. Which I enjoyed a a great deal, but I had no clue that you were a well-known financial analyst. Not at all. Yeah, It was not on the horizon at that time. Mm -hmm. At all. Mm -hmm. But when you had the session with Hoyt, and he said to you, uh, you're a teacher, and you said, well, I have no audience, and he said, that will change."
0: change. I was on the precipice of writing my paper. Mm-hmm. the reason why I wrote my paper I was a part of Marshall Servers Positive Demon Network and he introduced me to this guy whose provenance financial provenance was beyond beyond yep. and he's so low key He doesn't, he's not. This guy, by the time I met him, had already lectured at the Federal Reserve on debt, had been retained by the big Wall Street banks, and had run a multi-billion dollar proprietary hedge fund for Credit Lyonnais in Paris that he had put up for them and had made outside returns and was in the Bond Trader Magazine Hall of Fame for all-time bond traders. And Marshall says, Daryl, John is worried about the markets like you are. Well, I knew he may be worried about the markets and I didn't care a hoot about who he was but I knew I was far more worried about him because I had heard those words about the time of the vulture in 1991 and was reading about this and understood it like few others did. People who have watched
1: our previous interview will know about this download that came to you
0: when you were in prison Prison. about the financial collapse. Yes. 1991. Mm -hmm. So by the time I met Hoyt, I knew this like the back of my hand. So we're jumping ahead five years from your time I, with Hoyt. I'm now a minister at the Temple of Universality, which sponsored Hoyt. Mm-hmm. Through them, I found out about spiritualism. I found out about its heritage. I found out about where it came from. I found out, really, the headwaters that, 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 that Richard Ireland said was of spirituality was somebody you introduced me to. In 1972, when I was living in Hip House with you, and Wilson Dr. Wilson Van Dusen had come
1: mm-hmm.
0: and given a lecture on Swedenborg. That's right. And Richard Ireland, in his book on mediumship, had attributed spiritualism to Swedenborg's first appearance in the West. Mm-hmm. And that, talked about phenomena. That's that's a, a good attribution? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I met Wilson Van Dusen through you, Yeah. and being the acid hippie that I was, what I knew of Dr. Van Dusen was that this, rumor had it, that Wilson Van Dusen, as head of the Mendocino State Mental Hospital, had taken acid and walked out on the wards of the institution that he ran. Now, most people didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it either, but I had heard it Mm -hmm. because I was an acid hippie and we were absolutely attuned to what LSD did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's what I had heard about Wilson. So you had introduced me to a person years before who introduced me to spiritualism. I had no context of it. Yeah. I had no, I hadn't hadn't even heard of, of Swedenborg, who he was. And when I read about Swedenborg, I realized what he talked about was exactly what you were into. Phenomena, psychic prediction, all this world that I was just dumped into in, in the year in 2005 and, and later.
1: I'll just mention parenthetically for viewers who are not familiar with Swedenborg, yes. on this channel there's another video with Gary Lockman going into great detail about Swedenborg's life and work. I'm, oh. I'm linking to it now in the upper... Uh, right-hand corner of your screen if you want to check out that video. Okay. Now, for example, yeah.
0: I'm in this church, Yeah, this spiritual church that sponsored Hoyt Robinette yeah. that I didn't want to be into. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went to this church only to sign up for Hoyt one day yeah. because they were sponsoring it, and I found out that they weren't having sign-ups, and I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And Martha goes to me, just like she did with a phone call, Daryl, it's impolite if we leave now. Which it would have been. Mm-hmm. It would have been. You go into a church, you can't sign up, and you leave yeah. before the service starts. Hmm. What happens d- during that church thing is Benny Tadleski, at one of these times, gives He's the a founder. founder, the founder, mm-hmm. gives a message to Martha, and she says, Wendy, I know that's your, not your name, but you're like Wendy in Peter Pan, and you've been in some mighty high places, and you're supposed to tell us about them. So Martha and I go home and go, what does this mean? And we thought, well, we should at least have a conversation with Betty Mm Tatalas. So we invite her to breakfast. We meet at the Tucson Racket and Tennis Club. This lady is sitting across from me, this very attractive blonde lady, okay, Mm -hmm. sitting across from us very quietly. And I sit down and I look at her and these words come out of my mouth. Who are you and what are you doing? I never intended to say those words. They came out of my mouth and she told us a story about her spiritualism, Temple of Universality, Camp Chesterfield, and this whole world that she exhibited, that she basically lived in when she fell into what she called Wonderland. That response that had gone back for 25 years, taking people from Tucson to Camp Chesterfield, the Spiritualist community, to see Bill English, Bob Ireland, Clifford Bias, the the people, all these people who've been back there who did phenomena, right and left, who who materialized things, who just did this stuff on. Call and she had done it for twenty-five years until they banned spiritualism and not spiritual phenomena at at at, at the, on the campus. And so Hoyt had now was going to come into Tucson where we met him mm-hmm. for the first time.
1: In, in other words, Camp Chesterfield, a well-known spiritualist camp. Hoyt Robin, Robinson, ben Robinette, Robinette, Hoyt Robinette, the medium who you had become friendly with, had been affiliated there. Yes, he, and he lives there. He produces phenomena. Phenomena, and in fact, show the. Uh, Picture the card, the, the card, or, or I'll I'll show it electronically on the screen. This is a
0: drawing that was produced on the billet. Yes, it was inside of a s- not on the billet. The billet we wrote our little things down. Yeah. but what happens is in these in these in these groups, um, he'll have he'll uh, he'll show us a uh, a. A, a a a stack of uh, index cards like from Walmart. Yeah, index cards. Okay, they're blank on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody who never experienced this before, never been there. The cards go open it up and make sure there's nothing on e- either side. Yeah. Then he shows us this this empty basket with all these pens and gel pens and writing pens with caps on them. Mm-hmm. And he says, I've gone through all of these to make sure there's ink in them, and I put the cap back on them then when the person has told us that there's nothing on either side of these cards he dumps them back in this basket and he puts the lid back on and then he blindfolds himself and he starts reading the billets that we all written and given to him and he answers our question after our questions are answered after a half hour he opens up the basket and there's all these cards in him with a picture on them and the names on the back mm-hmm. now this one is of particular significance to me particular significance Significance to me because this was also probably around two or nine or something around there. And we're in the card circle. And we had two weeks before, 10 days before, gone to our first, uh, three weeks before, gone to our first uh, Bruno Gröning circle. I don't know if you are familiar with Bruno Groening. Uh, we've talked about Bruno Groening. Bruno yes. Bruno's last name is spelled G R O E N I N G. He was a healer. He was in Germany at the end of World War II. There were articles on him in Der Spiegel, which is like their life magazine. He was famous. He had come and thousands of people would go here and be healed. Like Jesus mm-hmm. never charged money. Well, the doctors got really uptight and they got the civil authorities to ban these meetings. He never charged money and they arrested him eventually for practicing medicine without a license. And Bruno said, if I'm not allowed to do this, I will burn up. And he died four years later, burned up on the inside. The doctors opened him up. That's what it was. Well, I knew nothing about this because you don't know anything about it until you know about it. All right. And, but things happened to me really abruptly. We're going to a meditation thing and, and, you know, oh, Om, oh, we're chanting Indian chants and stuff like this with our little particular group. And they were going back to India and our friends who we had met through them said, there's a meeting on Wednesday that if you want to come. Well, we went and we were not looking for another phenomenon. We we're not looking for another group. We we're not looking for another damn thing. And we go there, and there's this video on Bruno Gröning, his circle, the meditating with your hands up. The light comes in. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. All right? And then we leave, and all this feedback we heard from other people of stuff that was happening. Wow. To them. All right? So we go back to the next meeting. They have them every three weeks. And it's Marlise and Gert from Germany. They're Germans, because Bruno mm-hmm. was German. There's, so this whole thing has a group out of that's meeting in Tucson. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're all over the world. Now. Yeah. They're Bruno's circles all over the world. Mm-hmm. We know shit about this guy. So we come back and there's Gert and Gert and Marlise. I go, are you guys into psychics? And Marlise goes, yeah. I said, well, the, one of the best psychics in the planet is going to be here tomorrow because the the church sponsored Hoy. He doesn't come anymore. Mm-hmm. But that time he was coming maybe once, sometimes even twice a year, mm-hmm. to Tucson. He booked up to the guilt because everybody knew about him in Tucson. Mm-hmm. He's coming next year, tomorrow. And Mardis mm-hmm. goes, well, you know, that's our 45th anniversary. We probably won't be there. Will they show up? There's over a hundred people in the thing. We've all written our little billets. They put it in the basket. Hoyt gets up there, he blindfolds himself, we sing a song, and Hoyt starts going through and calling out names. D- this is whole rigmarole answer The question goes on the next one. The next one, the next one. Well, he starts calling out names, and they're German, and Marcus goes, that's me. That's me. Names that she recognized. These are the friends you met at the Bruno Gathering. Yeah, Barley and Gert. Okay. So he calls, and she's written a billet. Mm -hmm. So he calls that names that she recognizes. Yeah. And she goes, that's me. That's my aunt, my brother. And he goes, yes. And he answers her question, and then he says, there's a Bruno here for a number of you. And a bunch of us have been at the Bruno Circle of Friends. And there we are. This is Bruno's first appearance at the Temple of Universality." The next week, we're having a card circle, okay? Mm-hmm. There's around 12 of us in the circle. Hoyt's doing it, and he leans down, and he tells me, this is before the circle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: before we put the things in the basket, before we have our bills filled out, and he said, Bruno says he's going to put his picture on your card. Mm-hmm. Okay, goes around, comes out, this is the picture he I just showed, and it's not the picture of Bruno... That they knew in Germany. Yeah. It's like a more of a mystical turban mm-hmm. entity. Mm-hmm. But he, of course, his spirit Bruno, in fact, is long dead. is long dead. Yeah. Okay. So I get this picture on my card and his name is signed on the back of my card along with my mother, father, and other people I know. Signed. Okay. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. A couple months later. Martha and I are in a trance circle at the temple. We have a temple medium. I call her. I just made up this name for her. She's the temple phone booth, <laughs> okay, where you can talk to your relatives and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's been into this shit for a long time. And we're in this seance, dark room. We meditate in this room, okay? I mean, for example, let me tell you who these people are. You are aware of the Alice A. Bailey series of books. Oh, yes. Well-known. Well-known. Mm-hmm. I ran into these books in 1967 in the Haight-Ashbury. Mm-hmm. And I'm dead on in my heart on the path of metaphysical truth. Mm-hmm. And I find out the thing that cracked it was astrology. Wow. How could they know that? Well, if they know that, that meant and the acid I took that this reality was not the way I thought it was Mm -hmm. so I started reading and one of the books I ran across very early on was the Alice A. Bailey series of channel books Mm -hmm. brilliant books they were so intense I couldn't read them and Jeffrey, I can read almost anything. But these are very dense, difficult oh, dense, books. dense, difficult books Man. about subjects, esoteric healing, the the, the the return of the brotherhood. I mean, 20 books got channeled. Yeah. All incredibly complex. Yeah. Which I had put aside because mm-hmm. I couldn't read them. Yeah. But when I see them in people's houses, you know what thought came across? My mind? These people are serious. Mm-hmm. That's all I thought. These people are serious. Yeah. So we run into the Temple of Universality, and three women are basically at the head of it. Betty who was, got the vision told us she was going to start a church mm-hmm. Christine Facetti who is the medium and Reverend Inga Mason one of the original Pan Am stewardesses okay mm-hmm. Pan Am stewardess she ends up in Tucson introduced to metaphysics and she takes to the blue books and Alice A. Bailey series books like a duck to water mm-hmm. she has read every one of those books at least once she's got them annotated she's got them referenced I mean like these are books I couldn't read yeah. I couldn't and so we would start meeting at one of the things that, at Inga Mason's house and we'd close our eyes and she'd read to us out loud mm. she's got a beautiful voice mm. and she says you're getting this through osmosis which is the best I can get because they're not less dense now than they were <laughs> 50 years or 40 years ago no. I ran into them extremely abstract Ast- oh, extremely abstract yeah okay so there we are in this room where Inga has these trance circles all light, you know, cause that's where Hoyt does his readings. We're sitting there. Okay. Um, we talk. Spirits are coming in and we go in a circle. It's now my turn. This booming voice comes in and addresses me. I'm shocked. She's usually as Christine, and the joy guides, and ah, da da, da your mother's here, or, you know, like that. And we're, we're into this stuff. Mm-hmm. It happens like, Going to the Nationals game and wow, they beat the Astros. <laughs> Woo! We do trans circles like this in Tucson. Mm-hmm. It's like part of the deal. Yep. It's like you actually know one of the best. Oh, yeah, he's friends. This, this is us. Mm-hmm. This is our life in Tucson. Mm-hmm. This booming voice. And I go, Who are you? And the voice goes, I am Bruno. And Martha and I go, Oh, Bruno or cat. Yeah. We thought it was our cat. <laughs> because we have this cat named Bruno. Right. And we all, oh, and it was, and he starts like, I am not the cat. <laughs> all right. It was Bruno groaning Yeah. And we have a very close relationship with Bruno. Very close. We talk, when Martha's cell phone went out to, one day, he told her, You're going to need a cell phone. You're going to need a cell phone. That's how Martha's relationship with Bruno is. Alright. And we, because Martha is very psychic. Okay. I'm sort of saying. But we, all of us are plugged in at some level. But Bruno has, we've seen healings that he's done, and he's become like- In other words, okay. he's still doing healings. Oh! On the other side? Uh huh. That's why the Bruno circles get together. They can no longer arrest him. No. <laughs> Very good, Jeffrey. He's, he's beyond the pale of the law. Mm-hmm. The statute of limitations is run on Bruno. But he has really made, Bruno calls himself a friend. We've got his pictures all over our house. So you've had many sessions. Oh, have. many relationships. Our relationship with him is like me and you. It really is. It's uh-huh. that close to okay. the disembodied spirit. <laughs> uh-huh. 1959. Uh-huh. And I said, ask Bruno. That's who we go to when these situations are So but is it always the same medium? No. Different mediums. Not even you can ask yourself. When Martha talks to Bruno, it's through her. Oh. When he told her her cell phone was going out, it was like in our morning meditation. I see. She heard that, you know, we were with Pat Aiken, this. He a friend of ours is an artist. That's the other person that the person who introduced us to uh, Hoyt introduced mm-hmm. to Patty, an incredible artist in Tucson. She channeled Bruno for a while, all right. And Bruno came to her and he said, "If saints were born, there would be no reason for the life of Bruno." And that's why he talked about his suffering. Talked about the purpose of suffering. All right, and and he said If my teachings can even be called teachings, this is what they are. Ask and wait. Now we all ask.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: None of us wait. As soon as that asking is done, we do it again. We keep hitting that button like you do in the elevator when it's not there. All right. Mm -hmm. It's the faith in the waiting. It's the expectation. And that's what Bruno told people. that if you don't believe you're not going to get nothing people came to a psych- one of the guys came to a psychic trailer at the temple two weeks ago and he had a box it was all taped up mm-hmm. he said I've got money screw you I've got money okay alright and he said I want somebody to tell me what's in this box you know Martha said that's not how we operate these messages are a gift of love and if you want to give money for that gift, you can. But we're not here to be tested by you. We're not here to, to make you believe in us. We believe it. So she says, but I'll see somebody if somebody wants to deal with you, basically. Mm-hmm. She found something. I mm-hmm. can do it. And she, he, he was like, right. she said what was in the box. Mm-hmm. But that's how it is. We're not there to be tested. I don't care if anyone believes that Jesus turned water into wine. I don't care if anybody believes this phenomenon can be done. I'm like that guy who pulled a manhole cover into my head. I don't care if people believe what I I believe stuff that's so for so long that nobody believes. I don't care if you're against, if you're for the war in Vietnam. You're not going to convince me, and I'm convinced you. I'm not going to convince you that the war is an unjust war. But I'm not going to convince you. Because nobody could convince me that psychic phenomena was true until I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I believe when the time comes, you will believe. And you will only believe when you're open to believing it. And your unwillingness, keep your unwillingness. Keep your skepticism. Keep your hard-ass ways. And life is going to be hard until you open up. Keep your judgments. Keep your perceptions. Don't give in. Don't give it up. Be an asshole. Fine. Now I know this is not the spiritual thing to say. you are supposed to look at it with, as, as, as Philo said, everyone is fighting a great battle. Have compassion. Mm-hmm. And I do. But I remember that. Everyone is fighting a great battle. Yeah. But when we're not fighting, when I'm not into that and some guy comes up with the skepticism, my gut reaction is, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to tell anybody that life is a certain way. I'm not here to tell anybody that the, the reality that you believe and experience and believe is true is not true. Mm-hmm. Because for you it is. And until it changes, it isn't. So, our relationship with Hoyt is is very different. Our relationship with spiritualism is very different. And I think the fact that we're open to it shows the incredible gifts that is given to us. At some point you made a decision to become a minister. Oh, No. No. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I had to. Otherwise, we I wouldn't be a minister. Uh-huh. How it happened to us was this. First of all, they asked us to do a, you know, we came there. And then they put us on the board, and we're there. So we're members of this church. We're going every week. You know, yeah. we're members of this church. Sure. And one day, we're in a trance circle again. You know, those dark mm-hmm. things. We have our temple, our medium, Christine Facetti. And it was about, uh, things came up, and Martha gets her message after me. And Martha's message is from her mother. And her mother goes, isn't that wonderful? My little girl is going to become a minister. That was the first we heard of it. Isn't that wonderful? My little girl is going to be a minister. Mm-hmm. We don't even say anything about that. That's one of those things that you can put blank cards in a box and pictures will come out on them. (laughs) The next day, we're about, because we're about to go to Argentina for Hoyt's wedding. Okay, we're about to go to Argentina. Dear friends of ours, the ones who introduced us to Bruno, At our house at 9 in the morning, which nobody comes to our house at 9 in the morning, but they knew we were going to Argentina. They wanted gifts to give to their friends in Argentina. So they're there, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. The four of us are sitting there. The phone rings. It's Betty, the minister, Reverend Tatlesky, the one who started the the temple. She says, I'm going to come by in 10 minutes. I'm going to ordain you. I have mantles. I said, well, you can say, no, no, no. If I sit down, I'm going to stay. I have to keep moving. I have things to do. I go back and I tell Walter and Julie, Betty's coming over, you know, because they we were going the same, we run the same circles. I open up, there's Betty. She's got two mantles, you know, the things you have over, over her arms. She comes in, we're in the circle of our the ante room. She puts one on Martha, puts one on me. We hold hands. She ordains us, and she's gone. <laughs> gone and she said spirit told her the night before to ordain us that we already wore mantles on the other side that's how we became ministers at the temple of universality it shocked the people at the temple that we were now ministers you know where did they come from how did this happen so when you asked me. Yeah. So at a certain point. It's, it's not talking. as if you made a decision. Oh. <laughs> I just did the same thing about going to jail. It was, it was apparent to my friends that when, when I got busted, that I was the only one surprised. Okay. Everybody <laughs> knew me to <laughs> uh, yeah, end up in the can. It was no more a choice for me to go to prison than it was for me to be a minister. I had, I had desires not to be in a church. I don't like it. No, no I there's no way There's <laughs> my time, but I, that's how I became a minister of mm-hmm. that specific church. I that extraordinary church that was into all the stuff that you've been into for years, because nobody's into spiritualism anymore. Even the people on psychic phenomena. I mean, spiritualism is such a little narrow thing. The, uh, yes,
1: I can tell you in general amongst parapsychologists, spiritualism. Oh, is, oh. Is,
0: has a low reputation well so does drug dealing jeffrey (laughs) and i've been both so I know, and I don't care if people don't think much of spiritualism phenomena, yeah. the war in Vietnam, uh, drug dealing, yeah. life, or stuff. I really don't. Care. I hope you understand. I'm not. Putting I know you that. don't. <laughs> I'm just bringing that about. Yeah. That I know yeah. who you are, and yeah. I have great love in my heart for you. We wouldn't be here together unless somehow dharmically <laughs> you were not <laughs> supposed to walk into that restaurant in 1971 <laughs> and well, order Chinese food.
1: Well, Daryl, this, this is so wonderful to be with you. One of my oldest friends. Oh man.
0: Life is good, Jeffrey. Life is good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Om Mani.
1: Thank you, Daryl, for coming to Albuquerque and being with me. And thank you for being with us.